everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The View from Venus. My name is Mary Churchill, and on today's episode, I am joined by co-hosts Meg Palladino and Lee scalrup Bassett, and guest expert Seljan Oner, Associate Professor in the Department of EU Politics and International Relations at Basashir University in Istanbul, Turkey. In today's episode, we'll be talking with Seljan about her work related to women's education, academic freedom, and women in the media in Turkey. We asked her to join us on View from Venus because we wanted to hear more about her work related to female education and women and the media in Turkey. So thank you so much for joining us. And Meg, the way we start things on the View from Venus is Meg does a kind of fun question that she answers first because she knows the question and then you'll answer and then Lee and I will answer. And it's just a warm up question to be a little human and silly Mm -hmm. sometimes. So Mm -hmm. Meg, hit us with your question. So my question today is cake or pie? Mm. I went to my brother and sister-in-law's birthday party last Mm -hmm. weekend and I realized that I have a definite preference cake. And I was just wondering, are you guys cake people or pie people? Hey, I'm more apple pie people person. <laughs> apple pie person. I like apple pie so much. Yeah, I think I'm. I'm a like I'm gonna go off board and go. I'm a brownie person. Like that's the that's the like. It, I guess it sort of goes brownie, then pie, then then cake. Uh, in that sort of, in that sort of order where it's like whenever i get cake i i think i'm expecting brownie and then i'm always disappointed that it's cake and not brownie so i think i'd like i said i'm going off board and going with brownie <laughs> i've never been a brownie person oh i love brownies <laughs> <laughs> so i you know meg if it's a birthday it's a cake right like i would feel strange with a birthday pie but mm-hmm. i love pie. I really love pie. And I, I guess I have to say I would choose pie because I have cake more often. And so I think pies sometimes are a little more difficult to make, especially a good crust. And so I think I appreciate a pie over a cake. And I am a better cake maker than I am a pie maker. So <sighs> that was good. Okay, so let's get into the real questions now. You are a volunteer at Community Volunteers Foundation focused Mm -hmm. on university students in Turkey. Can you tell us about this organization and about why you do this work? Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Actually, I'm a volunteer in this organization since 2014. In those years, I started to question what can I do to touch people's lives more? I mean, not only focusing on academia, but also dealing with some other social responsibility projects. And then one of my professors recommended me to contact with the, the founder of this uh, foundation. And uh, then I really enjoyed because they're organizing actually all over Turkey, uh, the activities for university students, uh, not only giving scholarships to university students, but also they are encouraging them to do social responsibility projects. Uh, and how they will do social responsibility projects, giving these university students education about how to uh, make projects, how to you know, manage them. And also they are organized at university level uh, as clubs as well. So it is very well organized foundation uh, and it's a very bottom up project. I mean, not, um, you know, in Turkey, sometimes civil, some of the civil society organizations are more like top down and uh, not a really bottom up uh, organization, but this one is really bottom up one. 
and I really enjoy being there as a volunteer. What am, what am I doing there? Actually, I'm, uh, I was mentoring some university students uh, coming to Istanbul from different parts of Anatolia. And so they, it takes some time for them to adapt to, to the big city. You know, Istanbul is huge, about 15 million people. And so it takes them some time to adapt. Uh, so we I, we sometimes meet with each other and talk about life and about social activities. We sometimes go to cinema or theater together uh, and talk about their academic life and also their social life, etc. So I try to do some mentoring to to few uh, students there uh, in different periods and uh, in the recent years I'm uh, more active in the scholarship committee so we are choosing some uh, students from different parts of Turkey actually this Sunday we will do online interviews with some students uh, and we will choose the students on the base of if they really need in terms of in financial terms if they need uh, some support uh, we will support them plus we are uh, checking if they are really a volunteer and active in social responsibility projects. So we don't give scholarship to the students that really only financially needing, but at the same time, active in the civil society projects, they want to do some projects at their universities. We try to choose the right students in that sense. So now that you've been promoted to associate professor and congratulations, um, you so do you have more freedom to do more creative work? And what kinds of opportunities are there now that you've been promoted. Mm -hmm. uh, thank you so much. Uh, actually, I became an associate professor in 2015. And after that, I feel uh, a bit more secure in terms of job security. Uh, and I started to think about doing more creative things because after a certain point in your career, because I'm uh, in academia since 2002, as a, firstly as a research assistant and since 2008 as a lecturer, uh, then I started to think about what should I do to, you know, self, uh, to improve my self-satisfaction about life and how can I, you know, deal with other things that I really, I'm really interested in. So, uh, and also I'm really interested in literature and art so much and following, try to follow what's going on in different uh, fields of arts, the theaters, following theaters, cinema, etc. Uh, but especially poetry, firstly, <laughs> Uh, appears and uh, in 2016, uh, in 2016, I published a poetry book actually, uh, and it was a very interesting experience for me. I attended some uh, exhibitions, book exhibitions, and uh, signed my uh, poetry book and meet with uh, some poets and some writers, uh, attended some workshops about creative writing and poetry. Uh, so it was a very interesting experience for me, and actually. I wanted to, you know, I'm uh, specialized on political science and international relations and focusing on especially European politics. Uh, and, you know, Turkey relations are also not so going well in those in the last years. So I wanted to escape a little bit also from my field a bit. And then poetry was a very great escape for me because in poetry, uh, you reconstruct the world, actually. You know, you can uh, construct your imaginary world. Uh, so it's a very new world uh, that you can construct and you can escape in it whenever you want, especially in the nights and evenings. I prefer to escape and uh, go to my poetry world. Uh, in the mornings, I'm more, you know, <laughs> focusing on academia again in those years. And also uh, in recent years, I attended polyphonic chorus, uh, the different types of poly polyphonic rock chorus. And also uh, I attended one polyphonic uh, Turkish folk songs chorus uh, and some people from different fields of professional life 
who are lawyers, who are teachers, academics, you know, uh, working in the bank. They are all attending these polyphonic chorus. So in the evenings, we come together once a week. So it was also a good experience. We give some concerts uh, and, you know, meet with each other. So I also try to follow that as well. Before the pandemic, <laughs> I was going home, but I gave a break now to the polyphonic chorus. So I have a follow-up question to that. And it's about kind of... Um... A couple, uh, something I've been thinking of recently, really, how do people resource themselves so they can be more creative, right? Like what, what are our side hobbies or projects that make us feel more inspired? So when we come back to our academic work, we can look at it with fresh eyes. Do you feel like kind of the work you've done, this more creative work post promotion and tenure, mm-hmm. how does that feed into your, the way you approach your academic work? Mm-hmm. Very good question, Mary. Yeah, exactly. I think sometimes we need to give some breaks and maybe change the place where we are working. Also, for example, in 2018, I was a visiting scholar at Louis University in Rome, Italy. Uh, for one semester, I gave one course there and did, a field, did my field work there uh, in, in Rome. Uh, so it also, for example, gives me different type of energy. I think it's very important sometimes, especially in the middle of our career, to, to give some breaks and deal with different things, which makes us maybe sometimes more creative. And you miss uh, doing uh, different, you know, you start thinking from different perspectives. And sometimes it also contributes to your writing as well. Uh, for example, during this period, I had the chance to focus on some other fields that are that, that, that is not related with my specialization, such as gender issues, which I'm interested in, but I never wrote on it before. And with my colleague of mine, with a colleague of mine, we wrote together, for example, uh, women international relations scholars in Turkey and how they are connected with civil society, what is how what is their visibility level in the, in media, you know, if they want to participate in politics one day. So we wrote uh, two articles, actually. We, have, we published two articles on this topic, for example. So when you give breaks and deal with the different things, uh, it, I think also maybe at the beginning you may feel that, you know, oh, you know, I'm, I don't have much time for my field and I'm publishing less. But somehow when you return back again to your studies, I think it gives you more energy and it uh, somehow makes you much, much more productive. But in, my, in the beginning of my career, I was not thinking in this direction. I was very focusing on my studies, you know, publishing and teaching. And uh, at, at a certain level, you feel that you have a kind of a burnout and you want to escape a little bit to, to a different place or different topics. Uh, so I think we all need to think about it. And everybody has different, I think, escapes. We need to find out what makes us happy. And uh, I always deal with uh, literature, but for example, I don't have enough time to read novels for many years during, you know, before my PhD and after my PhD. I just focus on articles, you know, academic books, but not novels, not poetry. So I delay reading all these things after my associate professorship, most of them. And for one year, I focus on novels, poetry, much more than my academic research. And I said to myself, Sajan, maybe you may have less citation SSBI article, but you are happier now. So this is much more important because I'm not, uh, this is not, my Sajan is not only an academic, but at the same time, she likes poetry, she likes literature, she likes music. So uh, this is, a, you know, all, all of this package makes me feel much more happier rather than maybe having much more 
academic articles published. It's also fine, of course, great, but it I've started to feel that it doesn't make me feel very happy after a while. <laughs> yeah, Lee, do you want to say something about that? I can see the look on your face. <laughs> no, I just I mean, I mean, there's a reason why we're doing all these podcasts, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I listen to some of the podcasts also. That yeah, they are very all, all very interesting. I mean, I, I listen to some of them, and I think it's they are very inspiring. Well, and yeah. it's like this whole person, right? I think academia doesn't, and this is worldwide, doesn't invite us in our whole selves in, right? And yeah. acknowledge this. And I think the more contingent you are as a faculty member the less you can really show your creative side. And, you know, kind of, as you said, you're like, for a year, I just read poetry. But mm-hmm. it, and you come back to your academic writing with a set of fresh eyes and an and a enhanced voice, like a different way mm-hmm. to tell the academic story, which I think is so much more compelling and rich, but mm-hmm. it's not rewarded in higher ed or encouraged. No. That's true. It's, it's not rewarded most... and encouraged, definitely. So many people do not think about it and do not even question it in all of their careers sometimes. I mean, I, I saw among my friends, they didn't even question that because, you know, all, all this academic atmosphere makes you feel, you know, ne- because it's very competitive to stay in, inside the academia. In Turkey also, it's very competitive. So in order to, to keep your job, everybody uh, focuses on publishing uh, much more than anything. Yeah, no, I was just going to say that that has actually been one of the most liberating parts of going into an alt-ac and a staff role has been that it's no longer publish or perish, right? I can, Mm -hmm. if I want to publish, I publish. If I don't and want to spend the whole year reading poetry, then I'll, (laughs) you know, know what, as long as, as long as my day-to-day work gets done, Mm -hmm. right, then everybody's pretty happy with that. And it's not, I, I actually just had a conversation today about a long delayed publication, mm-hmm. peer reviewed publication, and the person wrote back super apologetic. And I was like, look, no one who wrote this article is relying on this for tenure and promotion, right? Like we'd like to see it in print because we think it's, it's a great piece, but you know, it, it we're not, we're not stressed about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's been, that's been a really liberating sort of thing is that it, it's, it's it's a different kind of freedom, which is which is really nice. Exactly, exactly. You feel much more free, and yeah, and this freedom feeling is really nice, definitely. Yeah. With your colleagues, you've written about women academics in Turkey and their visibility on media. Mm-hmm. Why are women, particularly women academics, less visible in Turkish media? I don't want to generalize, but some of the male academics we can see that they are talking about various topics, you know, which is not only related with their, with their uh, specialized topics. So they are much more flexible in that sense. Uh, and also the women academics, they say that, especially in the debates on, on TV uh, programs, they are usually very, you know, uh, how can I say, the, the language, the level of language, very harsh words and very you know, male-centric voice and, you know, the very harsh debate, but not very polite, etc. They don't want to be participate in this kind of debate uh, with each other. So they usually do not prefer to attend this kind of programs, they say. For they, they, well, this is another reason why they, they don't want to participate. Uh, and on the other hand, they say that we have to, you know, prepare our clothes. You know, the man can, you know, wear, wear whatever he wants that they, they attend, but we have to be much more careful about their, our hair, you know, makeup and, you know, dress, what we wear, because when we attend the programs, usually people, 
you know, focus on this kind of things as well. Some of our friends or colleagues say, oh, that's your dress was very nice on the TV. You know, it, you look fine, you look beautiful. So we feel more stressful in that stuff. We have it, we have to really spend a lot of time uh, to prepare for the program as well. So there, this, this also makes them, we found out that this also makes them more hesitant and stressful, and they prefer not to attend the programs in that sense. Uh, so this is one of our findings. Uh, about the level of participation of women in politics. In Turkey, actually, the level of participation of women in politics is very low. It's ap approximately about 17.4% uh, in the parliament. Uh, we have uh, women in politics. So this is very low. Around, so Turkey is in the hundreds, you know, twenty uh, level uh, when we compare with the other countries. Although women in academia is very high in Turkey, women in politics are, they are, they are very low in numbers, unfortunately. So we also asked the women academics if they want to participate in politics one day. They also prefer, they say, most of them say, no, we don't want, especially because of the polarized uh, polarization in Turkish politics, uh, because of, again, male-dominated atmosphere in the, in, the, in the parliament. And again, also inside the political parties, there is not enough democracy. And, you know, they feel that, you know, there is not internal democracy in the, in the political party system. And they prefer, that's why, Maybe they want to be a, a consultant to, to some of the political parties and support with their specialization, but they don't prefer to be a member of the parliament in the near future. Most of them say no, for example. This was also another uh, finding of ours. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is these are some of the findings we found. You know, we had a debate last night here. <laughs> <laughs> with a woman, uh, Kamala Harris debated Mike Pence. Last night we had the mm -hmm. vice president debate. So that's mm -hmm. all over social media today. So it's interesting that you say yeah. that. And yeah, no, I think there is this focus on what you're wearing and how you look. Mm -hmm. And then also it's a pretty hostile environment. She's getting a lot of kudos for just not losing it on him. <laughs> <laughs> for maintaining her composure and not um, because, you know, it looks different on women, especially women of color, if they um, mm -hmm. act the way that men do. So yeah. there's just a lot more at stake, definitely. And so I guess a kind of final question for all of us is what inspires you to be more creative and, and bring that back to your work? Like, where do you go for inspiration? Anyone? We should start first. <laughs> you can start if you want. <laughs> okay. For Korea, it's a very good question. A very long one. I can talk for hours uh, because you know I like I like I try to live life with inspiration and uh, somehow uh, I have one part of my soul is more artistic. I think so. I try to find out inspiration. Actually, from nature, I find inspiration. Mm. So especially when I'm walking uh, and listening music at the same time, especially by the bus Lee. Oh, I've been thinking about that. I, I mean, I get inspired. No, because I get inspiration from so many different places and just, I write, I write a lot. And so my inspiration, this is going to sound so trite, but like, it's, it's just like life. And I, I write about what's happening. I write about what's going on. I draw inspiration from, you know, my kids, my family, my students, my colleagues, my friends. Yeah. I just, you know, I, I go where my interests take me and that's sort of, you know, and anywhere where I happen to be in, in that sort of situation. So it sounds like I said, it sounds kind of trite to say life is my inspiration, but 
<laughs> kind of true. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, you know, you it's true though. I think the more you write, especially blog posts, right? You're writing about life. Your own writing can be inspiring to you, right? It's mm-hmm. uh, it's got this um, multiplier effect. And yeah, for me, uh, a lot of what inspires me is real life in the sense of advocacy work I do. Social issues inspire me a lot. Mm-hmm. But I also, I've always got a fiction book on my um, nightstand. I read fiction every night because I mm-hmm. think that fiction for me helps me, it gives me a deeper sense of empathy mm-hmm. and understanding of people. And, and I, that I find inspiring. So the individual people are very inspiring for me. Meg, how about you? So for me, it's easy to go to the beach here in Connecticut. So we go to the beach a lot, then you smell the air and you appreciate the surroundings. And it really kind of helps me focus and gives me some energy and calms me down. So Seljan, thank you so much. This was wonderful. It's a great pleasure to meet you again. As always, thank you for joining us. And we'll be back next week with Anne Gagne talking about remote work and the Exhaustion Olympics. 